0: Listening to Legacy Lawyers, hosted by Michael Haslam and Nathan Croxford. Hi, everyone. Ethan?
1: Yes? How goes it? I'm uh, upright. That's good. I learned a
2: couple new things today. I learned that uh, Reddit has a forum called I am an (laughs) a-hole. I am the a-hole. Oh, the a-hole. Sorry, I missed the, the. Apparently people post pretty interesting things in.
1: Well, first of all, some people may know what Reddit is, but not everybody. So Reddit's like a forum that um people can post questions in and then it's sort of like a competition so you can give the best answer or in some cases like this one i think it's just um a variety of perspectives makes it interesting to read interesting enough that a major news magazine picked this up and so that's interesting in itself right that a major mm-hmm. news um magazine is comment, is has written an article about a post in a forum now it's it's a it's a forum that's pretty big like how many 3 million members
2: well this yeah this reddit
1: um forum i guess yeah 3 million well that yeah that um <coughs> that sub forum reddit itself i mean you could probably find the number but i bet it's massive yeah the number of users yeah so this one i mean it's had a lot of interaction there's over 2200 comments and this was like a couple of days ago so there's probably more than that and there's been like fourteen thousand upvotes, up votes, which is probably equivalent to like a thumbs up or a heart in the other two popular social media platforms that that people use i am the a-hole
2: so i'm in the forum right now but i can't really find this exact post but i'm going to kind of skim and see if i can find the post why we're, why we're well
1: talking. let's just tell them what why, why we're even talking about this because so far everybody's just like and 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 so what That's the point Okay, so I'll I'll
2: start the story and you just interject, Nathan, as appropriate.
1: <laughs> I'll lob one-liners and <laughs> criticisms and
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'll correct grammar and,
2: yeah, and then, just all the... And then we haven't talked about what side of the story we agree with, so that will be interesting. <laughs> well, that's easy. <laughs> uh, Me. For you. Okay, so there's this... Um, the guy who posted in the Reddit um, forum—he's about 27 years old—and he inherited a four-bedroom, two-bath house from his grandmother who passed away. She left it to him in her will.
1: Pretty straightforward, right? In Atlanta, Georgia, and it says that the residence in question is prime real estate, so it's probably a nice neighborhood in Atlanta.
2: Yeah. So then there's a but there's a backstory here. And the back story um, is that his grandmother, um, before her death, it doesn't quite say how many years, I don't think, but she was in danger of losing the home because
1: she didn't pay the taxes. Or oh, she couldn't. She had a tax deficit or she had a tax deficiency. That but... Yeah, she, she couldn't pay it.
2: So she asked various family members to help her pay, but no one did. So this Reddit user, when he was in college, he had a little extra. He called it a student refund. I don't, I never got a student refund, so I don't yeah, know
1: where was where were those when <laughs> when I needed them. I had like
2: <clears throat> always student bills. Debt. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> loans, but not mm-hmm. refund. But anyways, he and so he gave his grandma fifteen hundred dollars to settle the debt,
1: and she because said because he said. I couldn't let my granny be homeless. Which I agree with him. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I would never refer to my grandmother as my granny, but maybe that's a Georgia thing.
2: Could be. Could be. So in response, she said, thank you. And the two never talked about it again.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Here's your 1500 bucks. Done. Mm hmm. So, and then about eight years. Oh, it does say later on, it was about eight years prior to her death. So about eight years ago, he helped
1: her out. So a good deed done eight years ago was never discussed again until now picture the law office reading the will and the lawyer sitting behind the desk and the family gathered around anxiously awaiting and guess who gets the house? So we'll just call him by his Reddit,
2: Reddit name, right? So we should just use it. You Target Expensive? Yep. <laughs> Poster. It's a weird name. Expensive. <laughs> and so they read that in the will, probably, right? Because that's probably how she referred to him in the will. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> target Expensive. Shall get my house and all belonging
1: in <clears> that <inside> house. <laughs> so if it was eight years ago, he would have been like 20 when this happened, 19, 20 yeah he would that's pretty cool
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah that's a i mean
1: he could have done what everyone else did and said oh sorry i can't help i'm a poor college student grandma basically gave everyone the finger if grandmas do that i know grandmas that probably would <laughs> and left the house solely to her 27 year old grandson yep
2: just left it to him
1: and then i used to have a professor it was my criminal law professor in law school and he'd like at the beginning of the year he said so you have a case book here and he's like it's i'll just let me just take some of the suspense out of this he's like we're gonna read this happened and this happened and this happened leading up to an arrest and he said And then the last thing we'll say right before they were arrested or right after the police arrive is, and then they found drugs. (laughs) So here it's like, um, same sort of thing, right? Like he, he inherits the house and then everyone is ticked off.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like apparently (laughs) quite a few people were upset Including his cousin, right? So, this would be another grandchild. Uh huh. His cousin. Uh huh. She's upset with him because she thinks she should have got the house because she is a single mom with two kids. Mm-hmm. She needed
1: it more. And he, he doesn't need I that. Always love, a- I always love that proposition. I need it more, so I deserve it. Well, he. The Reddit poster posted that he thought his cousin was crazy,
2: but it turns out a lot of the family is on her side.
1: Yeah, because just because you might be more needy doesn't mean that. Is there a law written somewhere that you have to leave your stuff to the neediest person that I'm unaware of?
2: Well, this is why we're bringing this up, right? In this episode is there's different ways to do estate planning
1: so yeah, well, well i'll tell you right now i'm not going to keep this any a secret any longer i am 100 percent behind you target expensive <laughs> he deserves the house he should have well it's really not even a question of does he deserve it it's that yeah. granny has the right in legal this right. country the legal right to leave that house to whoever she wants. Doesn't even have to be a family member. That's the nice thing about estate planning is like, if she hadn't done anything, then that house would have been probably cut into 15 pieces, depending on what the, who's, who's living at the time, but she was clear who she wanted to have, who she wanted to have it. And that is her right. So who deserves it is I guess the way that I come to the conclusion that he deserves it is because grandma thought he deserved it.
2: And that's the thing, right? Like whose opinion really matters the most, the person who lived in the house their entire life, paid it off, spent their whole life, you know, building that. I might be a little
1: biased. Their opinion might matter the most or no. I might be a little biased. You might be a little biased, but like we sit down with people every day that are doing this. And I think that you and I can agree that, well, I don't know. Are you going to take some weird position? These, that that no, it's the hard present? for me
2: to go. It's hard for me to say Play I mean,
1: devil's advocate on that one. I dare you. I mean, <laughs> then people freaked out. Like, of course the single mom, she, She's having a hard time. It's hard to be a single mom, which I don't dispute that. But other people, other single moms chimed in as the, in this other single moms that are Reddit users that are com- commenting on this. And they're like, that is ridiculous. Somebody wrote single mother here. And the idea that she needs to be given a house to provide a home for her kids is just nuts This is, this must be how the names work on Reddit. U slash new beginnings, hey, with new beginnings spelled wrong. But anyway, this this single mom says there are a lot of other ways a family can rally around a single mom. And ultimately, you don't get to demand what others give you. That's probably the, the keeper phrase from this whole article, right? Is you don't get to demand what others give you. It's theirs to give, or not. Whether that's time, money, shelter, friendship, or emotional support. So she's like, "I'm a single mom, and I'm with you." Target expensive. We're probably doing this wrong. You probably don't say the the you. It's probably just Target expensive and New Beginnings. Hey, but yeah. But anyway, many Reddit
2: the, users probably laughing at us right now. And that's
1: okay. Like. We're here to entertain.
2: <laughs> you can laugh with us or at us. We're yeah, good either way. Whatever.
1: We're good. Um, but anyway, I I agree with that. And I like that there were single moms that came to this guy's defense and said, no, grandma gets to leave the house to to I don't, is it whoever or whomever? I'm usually the grammar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
2: don't know.
1: The grammarian. And I don't know if it's whoever or whomever. Somebody can comment on this and tell us. But um so this reminds me of a movie that i recently saw it's not a recently released movie it's just one that i'd never seen it's a clint eastwood directed clint eastwood starring um and it's called grand torino
2: oh i've heard of this
1: and anybody who's seen that um movie may as we've been talking through this like i did when i read it immediately thought of that movie because in that movie great movie um clint eastwood plays this korean war veteran who drinks too much has alienated his family he's a mean bitter old man and you start out i mean it's hard to dislike clint eastwood i'm I'm a, I'm a fan but but he's a pretty unlikable guy in the movie and i think he just produced and acted in movie at age 90 something he's unbelievable insane so anyway this one uh in this one so what happens is he lives in this neighborhood and it's a neighborhood where there's definitely some race commentary going on in this movie because what happens is he he's he's full-on racist as a result of fighting in the korean war and he i don't know that much about the korean war i know more about the vietnam war but there was some nasty stuff that had to go on in the korean war and he was involved in a lot of it like he killed people. He killed Koreans. Um, and he talks about, like, one of the reasons he drinks is because, you know, it's like in war, sometimes you kill people that have to be killed. And in some instances, out of emotion, he, he shot somebody that he didn't need to shoot. He was, it's not something that he was going to, Ever probably be in trouble for or whatever, but he um, he kills this this guy, um, and he can't ever really get get past that. But anyway, what happens is he lives in this neighborhood that it's an aging neighborhood, and as neighborhoods age, um, more crime, kind of the urban creep takes over, and different. more diverse populations move in well living next door to him is a korean family and he hates them like he they're out in their back well first of all he makes fun of the fact that they're always together with every member of the family from grandma all the way down to every cousin and there's just a million people at the house all the time because that's just the, the culture um of a lot of Asian countries that you you surround yourself with your family and you take care of your family. And so he's always walking into his house, looking over into the yard, shaking his head and muttering things under his breath. And, and then he's disgusted by like the food they eat. And at one point um, they kill like a, I don't even know if this is accurate, but they kill a cat and then they eat the cat. So I don't, and I don't know if that goes on, but that's, kind of how they play up the, the fact that he can't, he's just disgusted by them. Well, what happens is um, one of the kids, there's, and there's some gang activity that some of the members of the family are involved in, a, uh, the extended family are involved in a gang, and they recruit the, this um, family's youngest son, and then his sister figures prominently into the film, but they recruit him, they're trying to recruit him into the gang, and he's a good kid, he's, trying to do the right thing he's going to school but they're just relentless in trying to recruit him into the gang and so they finally get him to agree to do this and his initiation is he has to steal Clint Eastwood's Gran Torino Mm. Um, and this is like his baby like this is one of those cars that he you rub it more than you drive it right? Like mm-hmm. you see people that have these, they're in their garage, they pull it out, it's sparkly clean, but it needs another coat of wax. <laughs> so he, um, he, he goes in, he tries to steal it. And I mean, like Clint Eastwood in this movie, he's still got like the, the gun he used in the Korean war. So it's like this really old gun, but he hears what's going on. He, he grabs his gun he heads out in the garage and sees this kid and he could have shot him but he didn't he let him go because i think at the beginning part of the movie like you can tell that he's starting to soften a little bit like he's seeing things that this kid does that makes him feel like that's probably a good kid so anyway um what happens is, um, I can't even remember, but the daughter, who's the older brother of this kid that tries to steal the car, she does something for him that um, just endears him to her. And that leads to him. um, Actually, I think um, he saves the the kid from almost being killed by that gang. Um, And as he does that, the whole family, they're, they're starting to, they bring food over. They do all the things that are the tradition in Korea when they're grateful for someone. And he's just like, no, please stop bringing me this stuff. But ultimately what happens is he, he starts to really like this family despite his, you know, his lifelong hatred of, of Koreans and takes this kid under his wing and teaches him to to work hard and to stay out of the gang and get through school and all that sort of thing and so there's a lot of other stuff in the movie but ultimately um the gang as a as a retaliation for what clint eastwood does to this gang throughout the movie they 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 kidnap and rape the the oldest sister which is a pretty dark part of the movie they kidnap and rape her and bring her back just beaten to a pulp and they almost kill the 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 kid again and so clint eastwood goes over and you think based on the way he's acted through the whole movie that he's going to go over and just go to this apartment building where these gangsters live and just kill everybody But what he does is he's got this like lighter that he's had forever and he puts it, he smokes in the movie, puts a cigarette in his mouth as he's talking to these gangsters and he always got on him. He doesn't have a gun on him. He goes over there and pulls the lighter out to light the cigarette and they think he's going for a gun and they waste him. And um, he did that because they've killed so many people, but they've gotten away with it. So he did it because he knew if he did it at this apartment complex and he caused a scene before that there would be enough witnesses to, to um, see him do this. And the other twist is that he finds out, they never reveal um, exactly what the disease is, but he gets some bad medical news. I think it's like he's got terminal cancer. And so his, in his mind, he plans this out that I'm going to go over, I'm going to reach for what they think is a gun, they'll waste me i don't want to die of this horrible disease and then as a result all these bad guys will get put in prison which is what happens so then after the funeral and you think that no one will be at the funeral this guy when you start the movie but then there's like so many people at the funeral and most of them are korean but the way it ends is um gosh i hope if spoiler alert if um you couch. haven't seen grand torino and you plan to then you're going to want to turn this part off but cuts to the traditional scene of the lawyer reading the will and it's Clint stood will and the sons kind of make fun of him throughout the movie when they're talking to each other his sons and and he's been bad to him like you have a hard time you know giving them any grief for it but ultimately um when they read the will he gives everything to charity, everything to charity, um, <clears throat> except, and as they're reading the will, and at, this goes to this charity, and this goes to this charity, the, the family is just like, oh my gosh, after all these years we had to put up with this guy, he's hosing us. <clears throat> and they get to the last item, which is the Grand Torino, and he leaves it to this Korean kid that he takes under his wing. And, um, and then they're, they're so ticked. Like that's the, it's this exact reaction (laughs) where single mom cousin here thinks she should get the house in this Reddit article. Like they all glare at him that their dad would leave this house or this beautiful car to him. Excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat this morning. But anyway, the movie ends with him um, driving the Grand Torino away, and you just get the sense that you know he's gonna go do the right thing. It's a cool movie, it's a really cool movie. Um, but it demonstrates this point all over again, and that is that Clint didn't want his ne'er do well sons to inherit. Actually, they're not ne'er do wells, they He he did the majority of the alienating, and but he didn't want his family to get it. There is the scene where they come over and try to they bring the papers over or the brochures over for the assisted livings and try to convince him to move into the assisted living. Oh yeah, and he he throws them out of the house because he drinks too much. He smokes. He and that's I think what he was dying of is lung cancer, probably. But so. That's a tough, that's a tough thing though, right there. That that's, you know,
2: that movie brings up some interesting dynamics, right? Like and clients struggle with this sometimes they're like, Hey, like, you know, should I, should I leave it to all my kids? This kid needs it more. They need the help more. Should I leave more to them? Um, you know, like maybe they're stranger or they have a bad relationship with some of their kids and they're like, should I disinherit them? But I feel bad kind of disinheriting them. And then sometimes clients come in with something very specific in mind and it's, and it's unique. And I, and I know it's going to upset the family. And and I'm like, so we totally do the plan that way, but you realize the kids, these kids are going to feel this way about it. They're going to be upset for sure. And so it's, it's, I think it's hard sometimes. Like, what do you, what do you really do? What really is the best way? Yeah. And
1: what I have to tell people, and I'm, I'm all in favor of doing whatever the client wants. Like I tell my clients the second they walk in the door, this is a non-judgment zone. I don't, what I, what I think, what I care about matters, not one whit. What I want, the only thing I'm interested in is making sure you get what you want in your planning. And if that means that you want to disinherit your whole family and leave something to the neighbor boy, then we'll do it. But I do try to explain to people the reactions that I've seen. And, and some, it changes their minds. Others, they're like, I don't care. The reactions that I've seen, because it's one thing to think as a kid that, or as a loved one to a person who's passing away, that yeah, it probably wasn't really great to them. And there's a chance I might be disinherited or I did some really stupid things in my life and I might be disinherited. It's an entirely different thing when you see the clause in the will or the trust that says, and I have purposely not made um, provisions for my daughter so-and-so and for purpo- all purposes under this um. Will or this trust she shall be deemed to have predeceased me. It's like people see that they're like, "Wow, I was dead to I'm mom, dead to or <laughs> I was dead to dad." Like they actually are treating me as if I died first, predeceased, and that's just a legal way to make sure that they're completely written out, right? Yeah, There's, we don't do it. That's I not to like, meant. We don't come the up knife. with. Oh, yeah. People go, "Oh yeah, well that would be the way a lawyer would write it is yeah. You're dead to me. No, actually, that's it's the way the original lawyers wrote it when they came well, up with this. It's
2: the, written that, yeah, it's written <clears> that way to ensure that they don't inherit yeah,
1: because they stuff. have no right if they're if they predeceased and you didn't make provisions for them. Then that's the that's the best way to make sure that you seal the deal that they're not getting anything. But what I try to help clients understand is that when they read that. Like, when they see that in black and white for the first time, I've seen that have an, imp- uh, an impact on a person where the family never hears from that kid again. Like, if there was any relationship left, it's gone, because it's harsh. But, I mean, clearly Clint Eastwood did not care. Like, and, you, and it's abundantly clear in this movie that he has no use for his children, and he doesn't care um and he had a very he purposely left it's interesting because he leaves the kid who tried to steal the grand torino he leaves him the grand torino but it shows like how far that kid came and it's a redemption story right like clint eastwood does something for a a, a racial ethnic group that he's hated his whole life as a result of his military service and and he happens to do it for somebody who actually tried to steal that car so and this grandmother <clears throat> yeah this post. i don't think this had anything to do with malice towards anyone it was just sheer gratitude on her part is my thinking that and maybe a little bit of spite where you know when you're in a scenario and you asked a bunch of people that should care about you and and you think should help you and no one does and then that one person probably the least likely of all of them a 20-year-old student steps up and pays her tax bill. She's like, you know what? That is a big deal. That meant more to me than that. That's the nicest thing anybody ever did for me in my life. And he's getting the house.
2: Yeah, he's family, right? It's not Even if he wasn't
1: family, what if he was the neighbor and his family had told everybody, all the family had said no, including this guy. And she leaves it to the next door neighbor who came up with the money. I still defend the decision. Yep. So I guess because I sometimes, you know, when I'm having a rough day or when I tried to help someone and it comes back to bite me, I will sometimes say, cynically, "No good deed goes unpunished." No good deed. My kids will hear me say say that, you know, when I'm being when I'm being the grumpy old dad, and um, but this demonstrates that. Sometimes good deeds go rewarded mm-hmm. to the tune of like, what's his ROI on that 1500 bucks? <laughs> you do math. What's his ROI? It, it's, it's off the, it's off the charts, but
2: his, uh, but they estimated in this article that it based on the app, it doesn't say which house or, you know, what the value, but they estimate. Oh, they don't know that. Right. 350000 so was the median price of a home in that area so i don't know four bedroom two bath that sounds like a middle you know kind of average size home so it probably was around 350 in the atlanta area so i don't know that's a good ROI. so 349
1: 162 is what they estimated divided by 1500 bucks I don't know. That's like, I don't know. I don't know. You you do the math. The number that comes up when you divide that is two hundred and thirty. So it's that he increased his fifteen hundred dollars by two hundred and thirty two times. It's Good ROI. Probably like a. But he didn't do it. Nathan, that's why he got the house. He didn't do it for the. I know. Money. Never expected anything back in return. Yeah. He did it, quote, because he could not let his granny be homeless? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yep. Well, I think anyone
2: who's kind of struggling with this, because you you know, clients will ask me, hey, you know, if I don't leave it to the kids, or if I do this, I'm worried so-and-so is going to be upset, or this person's going to be upset. And so sometimes they don't do what they really want to do, because they don't want to upset the family. And then I have other clients that are like, they say, I want to do this. And I kind of like, yeah, we can totally do that. Just make sure you're aware that this is kind of how everyone's going to feel about that. And, and then they're like, yeah, I don't care. Let's do it. And so that's, I think that's a tough challenge. And so,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, and I, don't, I try not to like dissuade someone from doing it. I just say, let me tell you what my experience has been when somebody sees that written for the first time. I just want you to understand what might happen yeah i'm not saying you shouldn't do it or you should do it just understand that like when they see that written and they saw that you went to the time and trouble to actually put it in writing and sign it and have it witnessed and notarized that you they meant it you know i
2: had this call
1: once that that's gonna that's gonna tear at somebody
2: yeah i had this call once where the the child who was disinherited called and they're yeah, like
1: that that was not a fun call
2: hey um i was wondering if there's going to be like a reading of the will or the trust or and i'm like well let me call you back and so i got permission from the right people to disclose it's been settled and i call them back and i'm like there's yeah there's not going to be a reading of the will uh your your mom left you nothing You're you're not included in the plans sorry awkward <laughs> so it was hard actually I like, made oh, you that's... break that
1: man huh? i would have char- charged them money to be the messenger for that i'm you not know, telling I... them you tell them i know usually usually most of the time the person already knows
2: they've been cut out yeah. so that doesn't that's
1: the other thing that we might
2: want to She was sad she she was she's like i figured that but i just wanted to check
1: yeah. I mean, I don't know. Are you aware of any jurisdiction that still requires the formal gather at the lawyer's office, sit around the mahogany conference table or the desk and I don't read the will? Like, have you ever done a reading of a will?
2: Yeah, I have a few times. You have.
1: Mm-hmm. Like where you did you unseal it from the sealed envelope and you like we, took your time pulling it out of the envelope so that And you rustle it around and you looked at it for a minute and made facial expressions like, "Mm,
2: Mm. hmm. Oh,
1: (laughs) oh, snap. (laughs) While everybody's waiting with bated breath, chewing on their nails.
2: This envelope was, you know, it was sealed with the melted wax and the (laughs) stamp, the family crest.
1: So (laughs) that's not what I expected you to say. So it
2: was. It was pretty cool when we How got do you open it. an
1: envelope like that? Do you disturb the wax seal or do you use an envelope opener and just yeah, let it or yeah, you just break it. it? You just rip the top of the envelope opener. Uh,
2: you just like I don't know why they put that wax seal on there. Do we
1: have hot wax in the office? Or this is a wheel you didn't prepare?
2: Yeah. You weren't there for the office <laughs> training on the the wax? <laughs> you didn't kind of tend all the trainings
1: all the office so do we each have our individualized metal stamper that once you pour the hot wax on then we drive our seal into it to yeah we
2: can use ours or if the family has like a crest we'll (laughs) use that
1: the ring The ring.
2: (laughs) the seal no nathan we don't do that we don't put them in an envelope we yeah
1: We save them on, we we save them on a, on a secure drive or we're not even reading an actual paper. will. (laughs) We're reading it off our computer screen. I've never done a reading of a will.
2: So when I do them, I usually print the key. When you do them,
1: you act, you act like you've done it 17 times, 117 times, 1017 times.
2: No, I haven't done that. When is this
1: happening? Can I be Uh, present at the next uh, one? I have, I have two or three a year, Nathan. Well, tons, but. Well, I I just realized from looking at a website where we're listed that I have now been licensed for 19 years, which means I'm in my 20th year. Hmm. And I have yet to do that. So I guess I need to, that needs to be on the bucket list before I. Well, do you offer? Hang it up. <laughs> <laughs> i guess we should start sealing but the thing is is that we're we're hardly ever reading wills it's all no it's a trust it's usually the reading of the trust well so then we're talking like the envelope is in some cases a half inch thick yeah the whole trust
2: in it yeah i usually print off the just the pages that have the distribution rules of the trust what do you mean you
1: print them off you print them off and then artificially put them in an envelope with a wax seal i don't really
2: do the wax seal in the envelope (laughs) i print them off i put i have copy for the number of kid children coming so everyone can look at it a lot of them's already read it before but they want to like hear it from us so it's Mm not like it's not usually a surprise but it still is like we read the will together as a family it
1: sounds like it could be dangerous to do it if people are going to be disinherited in their room how do you keep a family brawl from breaking out in our conference room
2: yeah some of them got a little dicey i almost had to call the police once are you
1: serious
2: yeah That's <laughs> oh
1: serious oh my gosh
2: what's this close <laughs>
1: i must work too hard am i in my office when this is happening like we're, there's almost throwdowns in the conference room
2: yeah actually a couple, actually there's two that i after i think about it that we i almost had to call the police do i
1: need to have my cell phone in every potentially contentious meeting to call nine one one. well
2: luckily we were able to de-escalate you it.
1: must lead a far more exciting professional life than i do i I don't feel like I've had any option well, where that would have needed police attention. Next
2: one that I'm worried might get a little. All right. I'll be like, actually, Nathan handles those now. He handles <laughs> <laughs> all reading of the wills and trusts.
1: All right. Well, I don't think we really gave any legal advice in this. Well, we never give it. Let's let's be clear. We never give it. We never give legal advice. I don't think we give anything that could even be closely construed or remotely construed as legal advice in this podcast. But
2: if anyone thinks anything was legal advice, please
1: let us know. But but don't rely on it. Get your own attorney. Your own attorney. Run it. Say these guys really know what they're talking about, but they always have this stupid disclaimer in their podcast that they're not giving legal advice we're not allowed to rely on it it's for educational purposes and then they sometimes say it's for entertainment purposes which is hilarious because no actually i think i don't know i've had a few people say that i mean i think if you were doing listen. a movie
2: review you could have done that on the grand torino man
1: i actually movie didn't Ruby. do a great job of it i i would have actually have some regrets about that. I didn't do a better job. Like Clint would not have been pleased with my, so I let Clint down, but, but it's a good film. You set it up pretty good. I thought it
2: was, I thought it was good.
1: Yeah. there's just, it, there's a lot going on in there. And there's a lot that leads up to why he does this, but it's cool. It's a cool film.
2: All right, Nathan. Well, if you're gonna, if you're going to leave your house to one person, good for you you can do that it's your choice it's your right don't let anyone tell you you can't or what you
1: should do but well, do, i'm waiting you remember that there will probably be a couple people sad about it yeah what i'm what i'm doing is i'm on the lookout for somebody who does something for me that no one else would so so
2: when i got you that taco for lunch that one day and brought no. it to
1: you because you didn't have no, time it's gonna to have to be bigger stove. than that
0: Hmm.
1: so if you want to if you want to be in the competition for somebody who might get everything because of that one nice thing they did
0: i'm <laughs> gonna need you to game. step it up
1: i'm gonna need you to step it up okay i'll have some ideas
2: for next <laughs> podcast i'll share you share with you <laughs> all
1: right well thanks everyone we'll catch you next time yeah
0: You've been listening to Legacy Lawyers with Michael Haslam and Nathan Croxford. We give you the juicy detail of cases that our law firm has dealt with. We take out the lawyer talk and legalese and show you what options some of our clients had to choose from to fix their situation. The effects of not doing planning can be devastating. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, hook up with us on Facebook and Instagram at Voyant Legal. Call us at 801-951-0500 or send us an email at team at voyantlegal.com. And for commonly asked questions, hit voyantlegal.com slash resources. We'll see you next time.